Raiders, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, everyone, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it, you love it. It, of course, is Victory Lane, and today is episode 179. As you can see from the episode title, we got Kaz Grala on with us. I tell it to his face. He's the man with the coolest name in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. I actually asked him the origins of his name, and if Kaz is his real name, I will not spoil the answer. I will let you hear for yourself. But he's in his first year with Sam Hunt Racing, his first full-time season in any national series in about six years. So that's been a really welcome development for him. Off to an okay start in the year. Not the results that they've wanted so far, but they have had the speed to compete and run inside the top 10, top 15. So good to catch up with Kaz. Just wrap that up as of this recording. So excited for you guys to hear that one. Also, we'll chat a little bit about Coda and the, the chaos in turn one and the craziness that we saw there and the uptick in aggressiveness once overtime started. And of course, we will preview Richmond briefly, a race that I'm very very excited to be at and hopefully see some of you guys out there. But before we do any of that, got to throw it over to Papa Siegel for this week's Way Back segment. Number 79, what have you got cooked up for us this week, Papa? Thank you, Duve, and welcome everyone to episode 179. Last time around, we were called the dogged determination of Frank Warren, who ran almost 400 cup races over 18 years but only led eight hundredths of one percent of them. Ouch. We also gave a shout out to car number 79 from the Cars movie, driven by Hall in Gas. Yes, Hauling Gas. Never gets old. He was one of only two European Piston Cup racers who was caught up in the big one caused by Chick Hicks. Kachaga! Whoa. Too much caffeine in the cappuccino tonight for Mama Siegel. Today, instead of focusing on number 79, we turn the Wayback Machine on the year 1979 and a NASCAR happening that's certainly on my Mount Rushmore of most memorable and important moments. They called it the perfect storm. February 18, 1979 brought storms and stay inside and watch TV weather on a Sunday to much of the country. However, after storms the previous day, Daytona Beach enjoyed a Chamber of Commerce day with blue skies, puffy white clouds, and temperatures in the 70s. It was also the first time that the Daytona 500 was being televised live from start to finish with in-car camera views, also a first. The weather, the race, the call, and especially its ending, would turn NASCAR from a regional southern diversion into a national sport. We've touched on what happened before. Donnie Allison and Cale Yarbrough wrecked each other on the last lap, which allowed Richard Petty to win the race from over a half lap down. 
but King Richard winning the race wasn't the story. After their wreck, Kale and Donnie were actually having a fairly civil conversation about it when Donnie's brother Bobby drove up and started a fight witnessed over live national TV. Bobby still quips that Kale slammed his nose into Bobby's fist several times. That fight and Ken Squire's inspired call of it catapulted NASCAR into the mainstream of American sports. As famed track reporter Dick Bergeron said, it was the first time that a NASCAR race was the subject of Monday morning water cooler talk around the country. NASCAR racing was a thing, and they've never looked back since then. That's all for this week. Back to you, Duve. Thank you, Dad. And a peek behind the curtain, everybody. Uh, Pop Siegel, he had a crown pop out of his mouth late last night, went to the dentist, got it fixed, and still was able to record our Wayback segment this week. So playing hurt, uh, took a little bit of Novocaine, numbed it up. Just kidding. I don't even know if he did. But basically, you know, your mouth, you need that to talk, especially when you're producing a segment for a podcast. But Pop Siegel, I appreciate you playing hurt. The, MJ had his flu game. This is your crown episode that was bad uh before we do anything else let's start off this episode as we always do with a good old-fashioned and throw it straight over to my interview with kaz grala as i said spread a lot of fields with old kazzy kazzy kaz uh interesting name get into the origins of that his time with sam hunt racing so far why it's very important to him to grow with this team, grow with Toyota as a manufacturer. And conditioning is really important too, especially as we head into these summer months here in the next several weeks, get into a lot of conversation about how important the conditioning is and how Toyota helps him get better on his end with that. So excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I will get out of the way and let you take it from here. Here's Kaz Grala on Victory Lane. Pleasure to welcome on to the show this week, the man with the coolest name in the entire Xfinity series. As always, it's my man, Kaz Grala. What's up, my man? How are we doing today? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Good. Good to be on here. Should be yeah. fun. Good to have you on. So, uh, peek behind the curtain here. You just got done working out. You may or may not have been a little bit sweaty. What was on the agenda this morning or this afternoon? Uh, always, always killing me over there at the Toyota Performance Center. Oh, yeah. It's been cool. I, I just started over there, obviously, in, in December with this being my first year with Toyota. Pretty cool to see what they've got over there. They definitely work us hard, though. That's for sure. They they beat us up every week, just barely ready to go in time for race weekend every time. <laughs> do they do like muscle groups? Is it like hit training? What What's like a typical workout day at the at the TRD Center? Um, it depends on the day. For some reason, they are really, really rude towards our legs. It's just always lower body for no How reason. It's so, it's so tough. Um, but yeah, we do, we do a lot of strength stuff. Uh, we do a lot of cardio stuff to try to raise our VO2 max. Um, but I think the coolest thing over there that they have that I don't know of anywhere else having is they have this heat room where you work out once a week. Uh, six full 60 minute workout cardio workout that is in a room that's 110 plus degrees um so that's pretty cool it's, it's kind of like a sauna but a yeah. bigger room with 
with an actual like rower, air bike, skier in there. Um, and once you get your heart rate above 70% max, the timer starts for the 60 minutes. You cannot let your heart rate go below 70% max for the whole time. So um, wow. it that one definitely kicks your butt every week. But they say that doing doing something for at least an hour twice a week gets you acclimated to it. So obviously we're in the race cars once a week, very hot in there. We do this once a week. That helps our body get used to those kinds of demands. Difference is you have a cool suit maybe for one or a helmet blower or some some creature <laughs> comforts. And, and, and this, it doesn't sound like you're comfortable at all. My God. No, it's worse. But I guess that makes the race car seem less daunting. Yep. And, and that's kind of the idea. So you can't start the timer until you get up to 70% max heart rate or whatever it is. That that seems like extra cruel. I know. I know. Well, they don't want you wasting time in there. Once you get in, you got to get your heart rate straight up. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't need you dilly dallying. So, cause you know, all of us would, if we could. So, oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> do you, uh, do you have any like, uh, Toyota counterpart drivers that you work out with any friends, stuff like that? Cause I know it's obviously a, a very popular place to be during the week. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, almost all the Toyota guys and girls work out there every week. Sometimes we're in there at the same time as other people. Sometimes they put someone else in the heat room with you at the same time, although they try not to because with a second person's sweat and breath, it gets oh, yeah. very heated in there, Nasty. <laughs> which is which is not not the greatest. So <laughs> usually those are individual, um, which I'm I'm definitely happy about. But yeah, what all of us are are in there every day. We see each other, we hang out um, because people are always coming and going for workouts. They have a kitchen there. We're making protein smoothies. There's a lot to do over there. They even have a ping pong table, foosball table. They just want us to go in and hang out and stay. So uh, we're, we're definitely all mingling all week, every time. Sounds like it's a place you got everything you could ever want. You got snacks. You got the gym. You probably got some showers in there. You got some Sims, I'm sure. What, what more could you possibly want? All of that, and it's it's fantastic. Really, really cool. So um, that, that was probably the... The coolest and most different part joining Toyota for this year was seeing how involved they are as a manufacturer with their drivers and the development of them, um, the training of them, um, pretty impressive. And I feel like I'm I'm already feeling results from it for sure. So let's get into the season that has been so far. I know we're a handful of races into your tenure with Sam Hunt Racing here for 2023. How's the adjustment been to working with this group, with this team, with these guys so far this season? You know, it's been really good, and I feel like there hasn't been much of an adjustment. I, I guess part of my bouncing around the last few years all over the place has kind of helped me adapt quickly to working with different groups of people because I've just kind of had to do that every week. Um, so I kind of got in and just immediately – felt like I hit the ground running with these guys and it really took me a few weeks for it to kind of set in. Like I'm actually, I'm going to be with these guys all year this time, same series every week consistently. Like I'd been talking about it, thinking about it, but I, I didn't really appreciate it or let it sink in until we were a few weeks into the season. And now, now I feel like, you know, I I'm certainly, um, knowing that that I've got the the same group around me for the year, which is has been really, really nice so far. Haven't had the best luck at the start of the season so far. We've had some 
some pretty wacky things go wrong that that have hurt our our finishes our results um so we're, we're in a bit of a hole points wise to try to dig out of but um we've had fast cars every week and i feel like that's the hard part so hopefully hopefully we can dig out of the hole um knowing that that we're certainly capable to yeah i mean you haven't had something full time since i think 2017 when you were in in the truck series for gms that's a considerable amount of time and to your point, you've bounced around, but you've done that well. You've kind of made inroads where and whenever you can in all three national series. But having something that's continuous every single week, you don't have to worry about where you're going to be driving the next week and make sure that they have the seat fitted correctly or who's going to be in your ear, all that type of stuff. I feel like that has to go a long way in terms of just being comfortable and then that translating to results on the track. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the longer we work together, the more my crew chief, Alan is, is going to get to know what I like for a feel in the car. And, you know, especially when we go back to tracks for a second time, we already know how it went the first time, what we can do differently. So I feel like we'll, we'll really start to hit our stride and start unloading. Perfect. The way we want to be being able to, to progress that much more quickly throughout each weekend. So um, even though this is a full-time ride for me, it's still my first year with them first year, full-time. And, and you look right. at the, a lot of the other teams and drivers we're racing against. Um, a lot of them are in their second, third, fifth, eighth year with those teams, <laughs> you know, they, they really know what they're doing. They have a really, you know, deep notebook, um, themselves in, in SHR's notebook, it, you know, in general, isn't all that deep. They're a pretty new team. Um, and they they also, just like I have, have had inconsistency in drivers. They've been having a lot of different ones throughout uh, each season the last couple of years. So um, I think really trying to to build that consistency in that notebook together is going to help. And we're just going to keep running better and better throughout the year. I, I do feel confident in that. Now that I got my webcam all squared away, we can resume uh, behind the scenes here. So Sam is a very, very hardworking guy. Um, you see that firsthand, you know, I've heard stories about him sleeping in his van just to try and make it and get by. And it seems like he has been embraced by Toyota as kind of a bigger manufacturer and Sam Hunt racing is kind of one of the flagship teams for the Xfinity series. How is your relationship with Sam? Cause even though he's a team owner, he's not that much older than you are. I feel like you guys could probably bond in that respect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm, closer friends with Sam already than I have been with any team owner ever because he's a lot closer to my age. And, um, you know, the more, the more we spend time together and hang out, we'll be even, even better friends. But, um, it is, it has been cool seeing how hard he's worked, uh, at the team and how much he's been able to accomplish, how far he's been able to bring this place in a pretty short amount of time. You know, we, we're, we're not out there as the dominant Xfinity team. We're not winning 10 races this year. Like that's not where we're at right now, but where we are at is contending with and running ahead of passing teams that have been around for a really long time. And in many of which who are on much higher budgets than we even are. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I feel like in that respect, we we've, we've definitely established ourselves as, as some players in, in this game and, 
um, that's definitely um, attributed to Sam and, and what he's been able to put together. He's done a really good job networking. You know, he's he's not just a hard worker, but he's really professional, carries himself well, represents the team well. Um, and, and that's important in in all respects of the team. You know, the, the relationship that we have with Toyota um, is is all because of, of what Sam's been able to do. Obviously, the the sponsors that I have this year um, came on board, have been really, really happy so far. Um, even though we haven't had the results uh, stats wise, um, our, our sponsors, Island Brands USA and Fire Department Coffee are really thrilled so far with the the reach and the the ability to to leverage their platform of sponsorship with us. Uh, so, you know, the team is really firing on all, all cylinders and, and Sam's the one leading the charge. Um, I think the, the real secret here, though, is the fact that um, his dog, Senna, goes to the shop a good amount, gets some positive juju flowing in there. Who could hate a shop dog, right? I think that's the real secret <laughs> to the success. You're not wrong. And and the shop <laughs> does have a lot of fun. Like, it's it's a good family environment over there. People generally seem to enjoy being there. Um, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of times at this level, things become very corporate, very clock in clock out. That's your job. And it is. Um, but you know, Sam Hunt racing still has that, that old school kind of like grassroots racer feel to it. Uh, we're all just here. We're here cause we want to compete. We're here cause we want to win. Like there, there's that little extra hunger and motivation there, um, com- compared to a lot of the other, uh, you know, powerhouse teams that we'd be competing against. So you mentioned a couple of your sponsors. I want to hit on them real quick. Island Brands USA. The paint scheme looks awesome. That's obviously not a bad sponsor to have on your side whatsoever. I'm glad that they're kind of happy with how things are going this season. How did them? How did they get hooked up with you in terms of forging a partnership for this year? Yeah, we had started talking kind of late summer last year, um, both with with Island Brands and with Fire Department Coffee, pretty much initiated at the same time. And, um, you know, I've I've done a lot of cold calling and cold emailing before of, of sponsors um, for years. And the, the truth is those those cold connections are difficult to really get something going with. Um, but I, I felt like I pitched a, a, a pretty good pitch to both them and um, with, with the help of, um, some, some people around me, my little marketing team, if you will, um, you know, we, we were able to land both of them. So I, I was really impressed with that because they were the two that we targeted for this year and, and went to, and came up with a whole comprehensive idea of what we can do, how we can help them, how they can help us. And they both bit. Um, so we were two for two on that, which was really, really cool. And, and I felt like that was kind of, that was the turning point that I needed to be able to put myself in a ride full time, because I've been grinding on that for years and um, everybody, you know, has, has documented it. Like I've just kind of been in that perpetual part-time mode, but that's just because those, those are the sponsorships that I've had. That's, that's the capacity that I've had the ability to race at. Um, but certainly feel like at, at times have shown really well, even in the part-time schedule well enough to at least merit, um, you know, the, the thought of a full-time ride, but just never really got all the pieces to click and, and finally did get those pieces to click for this year. And with good timing, 
uh, enough to have this deal sealed up um, just before the end of the season last year, which gave us plenty of time to work on our cars, work on our team, work on our, our sponsor relationships. You know, those those deals that come together late in January, they're certainly better than nothing, but things things get rushed. Things fall through the cracks. You know, you might not have the the right branding on the on the pit crew suits or the crew shirts or you know, you, you just don't have all all those pieces, all your ducks in a row to to really look professional and and do it the right way. And and luckily, I feel like we had we had the necessary time this year to do it all right um, and, and be able to to bring our sponsors to the racetrack for each of their first experiences in NASCAR um, and, and really do it the way it should be done. And I think that that's gone a long way. Speaking of the the pit crew branding in terms of the shirts and your fire suit, I said the Island Brands car looks good. The fire department coffee car looks really good. Your fire suit is something else, though. Like I I have vi- I have vivid memories of uh I think it was Corey LaJoy. He was wearing a KFC fire suit with the whole kernel on it. Um, there was a couple other ones back in the day that just really came to mind. But I put yours at the top of the list because you legitimately look like a real firefighter when you're wearing that fire suit, I had to do a double take the first couple of times I saw it. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. The, the fire department coffee suit they've got me in for anyone who hasn't seen it. It looks just like an actual firefighter. Yeah. Suit. Go look it up. And um, your picker does too. And that's the cool part. I think, you know, I, I, I look like just a, a dorky firefighter that doesn't really know what they're doing, but the pit crew athletes, you know, they, there's six of them that go out, run around the car really quickly change tires fuel and they just look badass in the fire suits um and it's funny because that you know they'll be standing around our pit box and people think that they're emergency services crew you know i've had a couple different people say like oh i was walking down pit road during the race i thought something was going on over at your box i just realized that was your pit crew yeah so i it definitely has gotten some cool attention um so i'm super happy about that you know, it's, it's always great when you can find like something cool, something unique to do with a sponsorship where you're, you've got a storyline before you even have to hit the racetrack, you know, because in our sport, your luck can be up, down, you know, you're only as good as your last race. You never know how that's going to be. But when you can have a partner really gaining some traction just from something cool and creative that you did, um, then, then that's a win. So that was, that was definitely a, a box check during the off season of, of, uh, our, our group doing a, a good job for those guys. Going back to Sam for a minute. I feel like you two have some, some parallel career trajectory arcs in, in some senses, right? You guys have kind of been going at it for a while, scratching and clawing, getting everything you can. He obviously has a lot of support from Toyota now, and he's positioned himself and, his race team in a very good position. How did you guys get hooked up together? Because as we said, you have pieced together a bunch of different part-time rides, which with a bunch of different manufacturers and teams as well, it's good to have one thing, one manufacturer, one team, one series, but how did it come together specifically with Toyota and specifically with Sam for this year? Well, I I've known Sam for years. I used to race against him in the K9E series. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've even worked with him loosely or at least chatted with him a little bit, um, even over the last couple of years. So, I mean, Sam was at the, at the top of my list, top of my mind. 
Um, but when things started to come together for this year, for me, sponsorship wise, you know, I had, you know, a couple different candidates there is like, all right, well, we could, we could go here, we could go here. What are we thinking? Um, and, and I felt like Sam Hunt and the way he represents his team and carries it was going to be really, really good for my partners. I felt like they were going to get great social media content. They were going to get great support, great hospitality at the track. I knew that they'd be really well taken care of. Um, but I also felt like Toyota was possibly the the greatest potential manufacturer for me because I've I've worked with Chevrolet, I've worked with Ford, um, I even worked with Toyota actually uh, a little bit back in the Arca days, Canaan East at the time, um, but had never worked with them in a national series before. Um, but I had always heard Toyota super involved with their drivers and they have a lot of resources um, and it all made sense, right? Because Toyota by far has the lowest car count uh, of the three manufacturers in the national mm -hmm. series. So, you know, if, if as a manufacturer, they're going to put in the same level of investment and funding um, for their motorsports programs as the others, well, you're simply dividing it by fewer teams, fewer cars, fewer drivers. Sure. So you just get more. Um, and, and once I started talking to them a, a little bit more seriously and hearing about everything that they did, I felt like it was a pretty obvious choice of, okay, this is, this is an opportunity, not only, not only being full-time is an opportunity I haven't had yet, but what they have to bring to the table is something that I haven't had yet. Um, the sim time that we get each week and how good their simulator is, their engineering support, um, and then obviously the the performance center that we touched on earlier. This was stuff I had never seen access to before with any manufacturer. And um, it, it kind of drove me crazy at first because I'm like, I can't believe that this is what I've been competing against for years. You know, guys are going into their weekends this prepared in the simulator and training wise. Um, and, and I'm just kind of going and winging it, watched some race video back, tried to study up the best I could, but yeah. I couldn't get in a, in a manufacturer simulator the last few years. Um, I, I didn't have those, those people to lean on. Um, so, you know, this past weekend I ran double duty at Coda truck and Xfinity race, same day. Um, our nutritionist over there at Toyota helped me through the entire thing, told me everything I needed to eat, drink beforehand, during, in between, gave me all sorts of disgusting sludgy mixes that I had to drink, but it worked. It was perfect. You know, like I, I, I got into stage three of the Xfinity race and should have been, you know, tongue hanging out, dying from what I had done all day. And it was perfectly fine. They just they they've got some really, really great, smart people over there um, that are super actively involved in in making sure you're taken care of. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad to be with Toyota um, and with Sam Hunt Racing. I feel like it, it to me turned out to be, you know, a, a pretty, pretty clear choice for the year. And um, while we haven't had the, the best luck, like I said, the start of the season, so we haven't done a whole lot flashy yet. Um, but I really think we've got a lot of potential together um, and, and it's a long season here in, in the Xfinity series. So I've got no doubt we're going to hit that stride. We're going to we're going to realize that potential here this season, 
hopefully sooner rather than later. We'll see. We'll, we'll try to start with that this weekend in Richmond for it's Sam's home race. So oh, yeah. it's always a big one for SHR. Hopefully, hopefully we can go have a really good day. Yeah. And I know John Hunter ran really well there. I think it was last year. Sam was very, uh, very happy, very emotional about that one. Um, just circling back on Toyota real quick before we move on. I mean, driving for all the different teams that you have and obviously knowing all the people that you do that have run for Toyota or currently do, you know, we hear all the time about the performance center and the manufacturer sim time and how the development program is top notch and all these different things that go along with being a Toyota racing driver. You know, you've heard about that for all these years and you've, you've wanted that sim time. You've wanted that commitment. Now you're getting to live it. And I'm sure that when you're in that hot room, and your heart rate is 70% above, and the clock doesn't start until you get there, it might be a little bit, eh, this isn't that great, okay? But you know that at the end of the day, they're in it for your best interest, and you are becoming better on and off track because of it. So hearing about all that, seeing all that, and now being able to be immersed in it, it seems like it's making you a better driver on and off the track, which is basically what they're selling. Yeah, without a doubt. In in when you look at who the most successful drivers are in each of the three national series, it's the guys that have manufacturer support. Um, and I guess it's chicken or the egg, right? Is that why they have the manufacturer support, or are they at the the top of their series because they have manufacturer support? Sure, hard to say. But that you know, you've all I've always worked towards being a guy that that was really embraced by the manufacturer and just never seemed to be in the right place at the right time for that um, until now. And and I feel like Toyota has has really welcomed me with with open arms and um, in, in fact was pretty, pretty involved initially with my conversations with Sam Hunt Racing and in trying to help make sure that, that we all secured a contract together. Um, they they definitely wanted to have me in their fold. And, and that was also a, a major selling point for me. And um, I feel like that they've they've absolutely held that end up. You know, they've they've given me all the support that they can from a driving perspective to be prepared. And um, so that that's that's a good feeling going into race weekends. And and of course, we're still underdogs at Sam Hunt Racing. We're mm-hmm. we're not we're not at the same budget level as as some of the top teams are. Nor do we have you know the the years of notebook that that a lot of them have. So you know, we, we don't expect to go into weekends being top of the board by two tenths over everybody. But for us, when we run in the top 15, which we have every single race so far, whether we finished there or not, we've run in the top 15, in the top 10, in some races, um, in, in that's, that's a really good day for us. That's a win because we're, that means we're beating teams or outrunning teams that we probably shouldn't be from a from a budget perspective. Um, so for us, we just want to start knocking down those top 15s, capitalizing on top 10s when they come our way. And if you do that, every once in a while, you'll you'll steal a top five. Or who knows? You play your cards right. You have a killer pit strategy. Um, you know, maybe have some good circumstances fall your way. You could you could be in contention for a win. Um, so that, that's kind of what we're looking at is trying to be consistent, trying to get better every week, putting, putting ourselves in that top 15, because right now with how competitive the Xfinity series is, you could have guys that win 
three races this year that run 15th in half the other races this year. That top 15, really top like 17, 18, is that tight from a competition standpoint. They're really competitive. So, you know, if you're in that mix, then you're just you're just an adjustment or two away, maybe on a weekend from really hitting it right and being up front. Um, you're you're in that you're in that group in that conversation. So I feel like we're right there. We're on the back end of it right now. And we'll just keep doing what we do, trying to get better and see if we can find ourselves on the front end of it here. Yeah. Xfinity series I've said for a long time probably is the deepest field top to bottom. I know the next gen car is kind of even the playing field and cup, but I think still Xfinity is just so deep talent wise and equipment wise as well. Um, you mentioned your crew chief, Alan Hart. He's relatively new to the game. All things considered driver crew chief relationship, obviously is of the utmost importance. How's the synergy between you guys so far? Been really good. Um, I, I love working with Alan. I think he's a really smart guy. Definitely knows what he's doing. Um, and we, we've had fun together, you know, at the track, we've had fun away from the track. I just feel like we do have a good chemistry going so far. We'll keep building on that. You know, he's still, he's still learning what I want for feeling the car and I'm still learning, you know, what the new feel of these cars after the, the, the rule book change with the rear ends, uh, has taken place for this year. So we're all kind of growing and building together. Um, but, but last year was Alan's very first year as a crew chief and, Sam Hunt Racing had a rotating cast of drivers coming through uh, the door. And and that's kind of similar to my story the last few years. So uh, I think the consistency is as good for him as as it is for me. And um, we'll we'll see where the season takes us. But I definitely feel like Alan is is a, a, a really good asset on our team. And I think he'll he'll be really, really good to uh, to work with once we know exactly what what we're looking for. Yeah. You mentioned you did double duty over the weekend at Coda. You ran the number one truck for Tricon. Gonna You've done that before. You're going to do it a couple times here later on in the season. How valuable is that extra seat time, whether it's on the same weekend as an Xfinity race or even just a different time in the race truck on the track getting laps? Because even though you, you're kind of a journeyman, a young veteran per se, I'm sure that you'll never... You'll never turn down seat time, especially during races. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's great. And with the limited practice nowadays, it's even better, even more valuable. Mm-hmm. So um, it gave me laps on the racetrack uh, at Coda before getting in for Xfinity practice. It gave me a whole lot of laps before strapping in for the race. And um, I, I do think it's it's a good thing. The trucks in the Xfinity cars really are very different. There's There's... Sure, there's plenty that correlates between the two, but there's also plenty that that doesn't. So um, it's a little bit of an adjustment, but I'm always all for getting all the laps that I can and and honestly, just just racing anything that I can. I'm always happy to do so. That's that's what I want to do. You know, there have been there have been years I've gone in with the schedule of just a couple truck races for the year. Um, and, and now I, I can say I've got that on top of a full Xfinity season. That's a dream come true for me. So, um, definitely love doing it. I've liked working with those guys over at Tricon so far. I feel like we've had a couple of, couple of fast trucks. We should have finished eighth at Vegas, uh, driver sped on pit road, like a total, total idiot. 
So that Come on now. Us, yeah. Yeah. That cost us nine spots. We finished 17th. Um, and then we went, we finished ninth at Poda, which again, I think we were better than that. We were on a one-stop strategy. Almost everybody else was on a two-stop. So that put us on older tires at the end. Um, so I was just kind of fighting, trying to hang on to track position best I could I ended up ninth, but we were probably a sixth, sixth or seventh place truck at worst there. Um, which I feel like is pretty solid. So, um, definitely like getting to getting to run up front and battle with those guys in the trucks any weekend I can, and then go ahead and hop in the Xfinity car and see what we can do there too. I realize that this is very premature because it's late March, early April right now, but you can never, you can never be too, uh, early thinking about the future. I assume that Toyota is somewhere that you want to be long-term. I assume that they want you to be within their fold long-term. Sam and Sam Hunt Racing are obviously on the come-up. Have you had any conversations about your future plans, or has it been too early and you're kind of just taking things as they come? Because I know you're still getting used to the team. Yeah, but but you're right. Conversations kind of have started a little bit um with the sponsors more so. You know, I think I I need to talk to our partners and kind of see – what they're thinking for next year, what the plan is, if they, if they want to come back, hopefully they do and what level. Um, and then you can kind of shift those conversations over to the team side. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I want to stay at Sam Hunt racing. I want to stay at Toyota for years to come. I feel like it's the right place to be. I feel like, you know, when you look at cup seats too, that, that you hope become available over the next handful of years, um, cause I mean, that's the end goal, right? Is as, as a driver in the Xfinity series, you want to make it to the cup series. That's, that's what I'm here for. And I want to win Xfinity races along the way. I want to make the playoffs. I want to contend, but the big picture goal is to make it to the cup series someday. Um, so you look at Toyota's lineup in, in cup and they've got a couple of drivers that are probably nearing retirement age. They've got a couple of teams that have expressed interest in growing um, and adding cars. So, you know, there's, there's definitely potential for the future of, of cup seats being available. And you, you try to put yourself in position to maybe be that, that next guy in line for it. Um, so I, I definitely like what, what I've got going over at Toyota. I want to stay there and we'll see over the next couple of months, those conversations will probably start um, and, Hopefully, I get to stick around some more. You mentioned the Cup Series. You've obviously dipped your toe in there, ran a handful of races. You ran three of them last year for the money team, including the granddaddy of them all, the Daytona 500. I remember when you guys made the show, I was over at the hauler. You were wearing your Pit Viper shades. You guys were just on cloud nine. You were, you were very happy about that. Not just running in that race, but getting the other couple races under your belt and just being in the cup series, albeit in kind of backmarker equipment at that point, how valuable was that experience for you to now take into the Xfinity series and your limited truck starts this year? Yeah, it's, it's been really valuable in a couple of ways. You know, I think it, it showed me how difficult the cup field is and how deep it is. And, and that, that motivates you, that makes you hungrier. Um, but at the same time, it also kind of showed me, you know, they're just human. They're, it's doable. You can go beat those guys. 
Um, you know, you, you think about when Kyle Bush comes down in Xfinity and everybody just kind of writes it off for the weekend. Oh, we're all fighting for second. You know, yeah. if you hear, well, whatever number he is that year, but I guess this year would be the 10 car, you know, yep. you hear 10 cars, two back guys just move over. Um, but you race on a Sunday and you realize, okay, well, this is a whole field full of Kyle Bushes. This is the whole cup field, every single one of them. Um, but they are beatable and you can run with them. Um, and I feel like that's also motivating to me of like, okay, it's not this like, you know, insurmountable challenge, this impenetrable series. It's like, no, hopefully I get a ride someday to where I can race with them every week. And I feel like I've, I've shown myself, I've shown others that I can go run with those guys. I can go run competitively at the cup level. It, you know, it all, it all comes down to politics. It comes down to timing. It comes down to sponsorship as to how you actually get there. Um, but I feel like in, in my few starts so far, I've kind of proven to myself that I can, I can handle that and I can do that at the time that I get there. And, and so now it's about trying to put the pieces together of how do we make that happen? How does that become a reality? And that's easier said than done, but, Mm -hmm. um, definitely something that, that I work towards, you know, directly or indirectly every day and, and try to try to put myself in a position to be one of those chartered drivers. I, I think I've had enough of the, the unchartered stress for the Daytona 500. I'll do it again if I have to, but I'd yeah. really rather have a charter. That's a week that um that is so cool, such a big deal. So it like I feel like it could be so enjoyable. And man, I've just never been able to enjoy it. It's been nothing but stress every time. Oh, I know. That's kind of sad when you when you think about it like yeah. that, when you say it out loud like that, you haven't really gotten to enjoy the experience of qualifying for the Daytona five hundred or attempting to qualify, but Sometimes I guess it's just, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's always killed me knowing, you know, strapping in for the duels that there's how many 18 guys in my duel right now that really don't care. This is a warm up for them this weekend. <laughs> you know, this is like super low pressure. This is like practice, you know, whatever, no big deal. And for you, it's essentially like the biggest race of your life at that point. Yeah. I mean, that is my race this weekend. I don't know that I'm going to race again this weekend. This is all I've got. Um, Mm -hmm. So totally, it's like such a, such a juxtaposition of, of stress and emotions and importance there. um, Because I feel like you've got the race to win the duel, but then you've got the race to make it into the 500. And frankly, they're they're equally as big of a deal um so that that's it's been fun it's been cool i'm I'm really glad i've gotten that opportunity to do so twice um both times did not lock in on speed on wednesday night both times had to make it in through the duel and both never easy with you Cass. (laughs) but yeah it's uh it's definitely a whole lot of stress that that i'd i'd love I'd love to avoid someday in the future and actually go, go be able to enjoy being in the great American race. That would be, yeah. be really cool. Yeah. That's a good goal to shoot for. I think it's a realistic one as well. So maybe one day we can, uh, we can reconvene after, after qualifying and you're locked in that, that will be the next goal in terms of the great yes. American race. For yes. You. That, that definitely is the goal. Yes. Um, so I mentioned the money team obviously owned by Floyd Mayweather I am genuinely curious, and it's just us talking here, so you can tell the truth. Did you actually ever talk to Floyd? 
Um, on FaceTime, yes. Um, I have not. That was like on the grid, right? Yeah. Yep. On okay. the grid before the 500, which was really, really cool. Um, I was hoping to meet him. I have not met him before. I haven't met him yet. Um, I don't think he's been. No, he hasn't come to a race yet. Uh -uh. Yeah. No. But it was cool to FaceTime Floyd Mayweather, I bet. Probably was rocking some chains, probably in a <laughs> Lamborghini or something. That's kind of it's kind of a flex that not many other people can say. Yeah, I FaceTime Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool, and um, I, it was really cool to be a part of that whole deal and to be the you know the first driver yeah. uh, of the money team racing. You know, it had it had been a rumor swirling around the Cup Series garage for so many years that people yeah. were starting to you know, stop believing it, it was going to actually happen. And then it did. And I got to be the guy behind the wheel, which was super, super cool. And so far I've gotten them their, their best three finishes in the cup series. So, um, that, that was a, that was a lot of fun. And I feel like we ran pretty respectably. If, if I'm being honest, you know, we, we finished in the three races in order 26th, 25th and 23rd which I guess doesn't sound flashy, but in the cups well, for that team, what you're working with, that's, yeah. that's overachieving in my book. Exactly. It, it, we, I thought the same thing, you know, cause I've, I've also, I've been in the cup series before in an RCR car and colleague car. I've finished sixth and seventh. Like I know what it takes to run up front with those guys. And I know how tough that field is. 23rd place finish is really not half bad. You did something good that day. couple fun questions. Is your real name actually Kaz? It is. I get that a lot, actually. It's not a nickname, not short for anything. That's it. That's your birth name? That's it. Yep. How? Why? So it was my grandfather's nickname. Um, okay. It was short for Kazimierz. Nine letters. That's Polish if I've ever heard it. God, yes, it is. Shortened <laughs> to three letters. Um, but that was, in fact, that is my full given name. That's what they gave me, just three letters. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Cause I mean, everybody calls me Davey. My real name is David. David is on my birth certificate. You have Kaz on your birth certificate. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. I got lucky with a cool name. Uh, so people ask you that a lot. People ask me all the time. They think it's a nickname or short for something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it would be short for though, besides, you know, an actual legit Polish name. Right. I, I guess that would be it. Honestly. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, second strange question. Can you share with me your beard routine? Cause it is looking full and thick right now. And I really need to up it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I actually, about 10 minutes before jumping on with you was like, oh man, I really needed to shave for this. It looks good. I it looks good. I look totally unkempt. Well, that's good to hear. It looks good on camera. That's, it probably looks better than yeah. in, in person. So I'll take it, but thank you. <laughs> I'll give you a, I'll give you an honest review on Saturday. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it should be it should be a little more cleaned up on Saturday. Then. Yeah, I mean, I got my hair cut yesterday. It looks good right now because I really needed it. But then I trimmed my beard maybe a little bit too short. It's just, yours just looks very thick, very full. <laughs> it fits you well. So whatever you're doing, I need Thanks. to get on that plan. I appreciate it. No shampoo? No nothing? No, no, I got, I've got no routine. I just, I trim it and then I shave the neck and that's, I, I neglect it in all other ways. You don't know how lucky you are. <laughs> I tell you. All right. Uh, one real question to end things. I, I thank you for your time. I know it's been a, a busy week for you and dealing with my technological difficulties. Uh, in terms of the rest of the year, I know you said the start to the year results wise hasn't been what you wanted, but you guys have run top 15. You've had that speed. What does success look like for you in the 2016 for the rest of the year? 
Yeah, I, I'm looking for a handful of top tens. You know, I'd, I'd love to be able to say that we've got a top five when the year closes. Um, but but ultimately, we're going to fight as hard as we need to fight to try to win a race. You know, who knows who knows when and where that that's going to be possible for us. But we know on super speedways, we've got a chance. We know on road courses, we've got a chance. We haven't really done a short track together yet. Richmond this weekend will be our first. So um, maybe maybe we've got a, a shot at a short track win. You know, right now we're we're in a pretty deep hole points wise from from our our crazy scenarios beginning of the year. We had uh, an engine blow up. We had fuel injector issues the next week. We had a loose wheel in stage three the week after that. We got wrecked at Phoenix at the end of the race. We got wrecked at Atlanta at the beginning of the race. Uh, and then Coda, we finished 18th on a flat right front tire. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Had the tire going down, we realized with eight laps to go, and it finally let go on the last lap, ended up 18th. So, you know, we we haven't had one single, like, perfect, flawless, uneventful day yet. Um, hopefully, R- Richmond this weekend can be that day for us. But um we are in a we're in a hole points wise so if we can go steal a win from these guys some way somehow on strategy on aggression on on speed whatever it takes um i i think that'd be really important to us and and um would of course get us into the playoffs which is the ultimate goal so um but you know what we're gonna do we're gonna keep our heads down try to grab those top tens that's that's what we're there to do, and anytime we've got an opportunity to get more than that, we we certainly will push for it. When's your next uh, TRD Performance Center date with the uh, very hot room that I forget what it's called? <laughs> probably next Wednesday. Probably so, between Tuesday and Thursday next week is when they always do it. So, uh, yeah, I'll, that that'll be coming up next week, leading into an off weekend, which is a little different. That's which- true. That's which will be true. nice. Give us a chance to kind of catch up on everything, do a little extra yeah. sim work. You know, um, it, it's been a grind so far in the season. So it'll be good to take a breath, take a beat, kind of get back to uh, a, a reset and go at it from there. Thoughts and prayers on that hot room, my man. I could <laughs> never. I really couldn't. Uh, best of luck this weekend at Richmond. I'll give you that beard report here on Saturday. I appreciate your time, my man. Yeah, thank you, Davey. Thanks for having me on. And we are back. Always love catching up with Kaz. And I will give you a beard report on Saturday on my Twitter account because OGs will know if they listen to this, they'll check out my Twitter on Saturday when I see Kaz. I'll try to remember to basically be like, hey, can I uh, take a close-up picture of your beard real quick? I just need to uh, tweet it out to the homies. And he'll be like, yeah, no problem, for sure. So uh, I'll get you all that. But thank you so much to Kaz for the time. Thank you to Trish of Sam Hunt Racing for helping coordinate that conversation. Always appreciate her. One of the best in the biz and an OG, of course. And also appreciate Kennedy Norton for helping coordinate the conversation as well. Let's get into some Coda talk briefly coming off of Circuit of the Americas, the first road course race of the 2023 season. And the first race since the advent of stage racing Without stage breaks, we obviously paid points, but we did not stop the race once the stages concluded. You paid the points, you kept her on rolling, green flag still out, keep digging. I liked it, and one of the reasons I really liked it was because we don't get a lot of fuel strategy or 
natural races kind of playing out because there's artificial cautions that are spliced in throughout the race. That's not a bad thing either. I just think that it's kind of the nature of the beast and it's where we're at right now in terms of what TV wants, what they need, and how we're able to give it to them, right, as a sport. But I really enjoyed it because you had fuel strategy, you had tire strategy, you had pit stop strategy, and you had a natural race playing out between William Byron and Tyler Reddick, the 45 and the 24, that seemed to be coming to a head. I think Reddick may have had the upper hand, but it was going to be cool and interesting to see it play out. Unfortunately, we did not get to see that play out naturally. We had a couple cautions at the end of the race, and you know what they say. It's breeding season. Cautions breed cautions. So we had a lot of cautions and a rash of them that just kind of kept coming out towards the end of the race. I think the last 18 laps of Coda took about an hour and five minutes or somewhere around that time frame, which is just bananas. And it was because of all the chaos and craziness that we saw mostly in turn one. Obviously a big run uphill, a huge over 90 degree left-hand turn to then go into the stadium section of the course. And when you run six wide on the front stretch and then it funnels into a two or three wide corner, kind of like the Indianapolis road course, you're going to get what we got. And, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about the aggressive driving, whether or not NASCAR should step in and police it, whether or not overtime rules should go to single file restarts so we don't need to pile into each other, tear up a bunch of equipment, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know where I fall on that side of the spectrum, but I do think that something probably needs to be, if not done, really closely looked at for the next road course race, specifically Indy, because the race itself was really good, and then the ending was just not great. It it left a bad taste in my mouth, and I said it on TMD uh, for my Black Flag on Monday, I couldn't pinpoint one thing or one reason why, but I think it was because we had all these interesting elements playing out of fuel strategy, of pit stops, of natural racing, no artificial cautions that influenced the outcome of the event. And then we had a natural caution that occurred. Okay, fine. Jacques Debris showed himself again. Hadn't seen him in a few years. And then that kind of started the downhill spiral and started the boulder of the crazy restarts and bumping into each other and wrecking each other and driving in 20 car lengths deeper than you can. And you know, all this stuff that we don't really want to be talking about, but we are just because that's kind of the nature of the beast. So I don't know if single file restarts are the answer. I don't know if NASCAR policing it harder is the answer. I don't know if you can just like sit with everybody and basically tell them like, yo, chill out. Like just, Let's let's be adults here. Let's be realistic. Let's calm down on these road courses. I think that's probably the least likely to work, obviously, because it's kind of already been done. It's tough because what are you going to do? Are you going to tell people to, to have more respect and give a little bit less and take a little bit less, right? Because then as soon as one person doesn't, another person is going to capitalize on that person giving a little bit less and they will take a little bit more. Um, so I don't know what to do, but bottom line is the best car did win. Tyler Reddick absolutely put a whooping on the field. It was really emotional for a lot of people listening, myself included, to hear Kurt Busch on the Fox broadcast at the end of the race, basically getting choked up and holding back tears, saying that he really wishes he could be in that 45 car, but 
He feels a part of the 2311 Racing family. He's happy to help them grow and nurture that car and that relationship. That was a really cool moment, I thought. And Tyler Reddick, again, the best car won the race. So for all the conversation at the end about the chaos and the bumping and the beating and the banging and this needs to be done and yada, 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 I'm thankful that the fastest and the best car and the most deserving driver won the race. And there is no debate whatsoever that that on Sunday was Tyler Reddick. And Tyler Reddick will look to go back-to-back this weekend at Richmond Raceway. Excited to get out to the action track, but it has not really had a lot of action in the last decade or so, unfortunately, I have to say. But I'm going in with a little bit of optimism. We have, obviously, the new package that is debuting on a quote-unquote true short track that's under a mile for the first time this season. We had it at Phoenix. We had it last weekend at Coda. We'll have it this weekend at Richmond as well. There is a threat of weather in the forecast on Saturday morning, which is when cup cars are supposed to qualify. We will see if that impacts cups qualifying session and if we see the wet weather package make a debut. From all the conversations that I've had and from all the people I've talked to, it does not sound like most people want that to happen. So for everybody's sake, hoping that Mother Nature plays nice with us and instead of rain, we just get a little bit of overcast skies and no precipitation falling from it but Xfinity's in action on Saturday trucks are in Texas at Texas Motor Speedway for a standalone event and as a reminder with standalone events for the truck series and I think the Xfinity series as well but Bob Pockress I know you're not listening but if you are you can tell me um, I think Xfinity standalone races also have controlled pit stops that are not live uh, trucks are going to be under that procedure as well this weekend and obviously the cup series the toyota owners 400 on sunday on fox sports one my counterpart at sirius xm nascar radio larry mcreddles is going to be in the booth i'm so excited for him and excited to hear his analysis i think that he should be there every single race for fox but that's just me uh denny hamlin the defending winner if you guys remember last year he and chris gabehart played a bit of a different tire strategy to the rest of the field If there was another lap or two, if it was the Toyota owner's 402, I think Kevin Harvick probably would have been your winner. He came home in second, but he did win the race at Richmond later on in the year in the fall. Remember, that was his second win in a row after he won Michigan, or maybe it was the first one, and then he won Michigan. I I forget. Point is, uh, I think it was the first one. Yeah, he won Richmond, then he won Michigan, because I remember I was watching the Richmond race at midnight in a hotel in Paris, And uh, Robin wanted me to go to sleep. But uh, anyways, that's besides the point. So Harvick's going to be strong for sure. We'll see if his Stuart Haas racing counterparts can pick up some of the slack. Eric Almarola, statistically, this is one of his best tracks. So may not be a bad idea to put him in your garage in your fantasy lineup on NASCAR Fantasy Live. I think the Toyotas should probably have a good showing. Christopher Bell, this is his statistical best track. He's going to be in my lineup. I'm probably going to put Denny Hamlin in there too. I will use Kevin Harvick and get a start from him. But also don't sleep on the Chevys because William Byron, he obviously has had a really hot start to the season. And Kyle Larson is good pretty much everywhere. So that's my way of saying I don't know what to expect this weekend at Richmond, but we will all find out together. And a quick footnote this week. uh, You guys have obviously seen by now, but the National Motorsports Appeals Panel has amended Hendrick Motorsports' penalty 
for the louvers that were improperly installed. Now, it was 100 points to all four teams, $100,000 fine, four race suspension for the crew chiefs. The fines are remaining. The suspensions are remaining. But what the appeals panel rescinded and reversed is the points penalty, which for all intents and purposes is really the only big thing here because money is money. Hendrick Motorsports, they can afford it. It's $400,000 for them is, I'm not going to say chump change, but it basically is. Uh, the suspensions for the crew chiefs, that's not optimal, but we live in society now where they can basically be plugged in really, really 24-7, even when they're not on the racetrack premises. Um, I even think Blake Harris was in the state of Texas last weekend because, A, he's from there, his family's from there, and even though he wasn't at the racetrack on the pit box, I think he was still dialed in literally to try to help everybody with their strategy, and it worked. Alex Bowman got a top-five finish. Um, the big thing is the points. So Bowman was the points leader. He got penalized, obviously was not. William Byron, he had 10 playoff points, lost those, uh, and now they get those restored back. So Bowman is the points leader again. I mean, this fundamentally changes the rest of the regular season again, right? Because when they got penalized, you thought, okay, well, Hendrick had three legit shots at winning the regular season championship and getting those 15 extra playoff points. They got penalized. Well, that goes out the window. Now that those points penalties have been rescinded, they have a legitimate shot of, again, doing some significant damage in terms of playoff points for the regular season. So I don't know what to make of it. Uh, the appeals panel said that they broke the rule, but they still gave them the points back. And I tend to fall on the side of the fence of, well, if you broke the rule, then you should get penalized by the letter of the law. And we haven't really gotten any conjecture from the appeals panel or NASCAR as to, you know, why they felt to rule a certain way and why it was enforced this way, whatever, whatever. They don't typically say why. I don't expect them to say why this time. It would be nice to have some background and some context, but I don't think we're going to get it. Bottom line is it muddies the waters a lot. And if college racing, if their penalty is not amended in the same way for essentially for what we think doing the same thing, that's going to cause a stir for sure. And Danny Hamill is tweeting up a storm last night because he has his appeal coming later on. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. We've done it all week on Sirius XM NASCAR radio. I did a little bit here just now, but I encourage you guys to turn that dial to channel 90 on your Sirius XM device or speaker and leave it there for the balance of the weekend. And that'll wrap things up for episode 179 of Victory Lane 2.0. If you guys like what you heard here today, please do me a favor. You can Leave a rating and a review. Subscribe to the podcast. We're available wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, SoundCloud, etc., etc. As I said, I will be in Richmond this weekend. So if you see me, flag me down, say hello. Uh, my dad's also going to be there. Robin's also going to be there. Her dad's also going to be there. It's going to be a, a big old party out in the Commonwealth in Virginia. So excited to see you all out there. Excited to see the racing. Robin is coming into the closet now to record are, are you excited for the race i am and i'm excited to meet you all at the race were you going to the bathroom or did you want to say hi no i heard you mention us no. so i figured i would come say hi yes uh can we get a preview from you of the race what are you looking for 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at a race like this, I'm always looking at my Virginia guy, Denny Hamlin. Chesterfield's finest. Yep. So he's always going to be a favorite for me here. But like I heard you mentioning from the other room, definitely, sure. definitely a toss up. So, you know, it's only my second race ever, first time to Richmond. So I'm hoping they bring something big out. And I do have to say, you didn't set my expectations very high for this race. And as I pointed out to you a couple days ago, new package. We never know. And uh, the first race you went to, you had the Ross Chastain melon man wall crawl. I don't think you should expect that again, but who knows? I mean, you have good luck. You're one for one with crazy races and historic finishes. Two for two if you include that uh, crazy Xfinity That's race. Ty Gibbs, Rick, and Brandon Jones. That's true. So may maybe it's you. And how many cautions did we have in that Xfinity race that I saw? Had to be upwards of 10. Yeah. Uh, it was double digits. So I, I think we should just take you to every race. I'm in. Are you? We'll see. <laughs> All right. Say goodbye, Robin. Goodbye, everyone. See you this weekend.